Whether it's live music, local food, craft beer, or the great outdoors, we're all trying to fit as much fun as possible into each and every day. On Living in the New, we'll explore the sights and sounds of Northeast Wisconsin, where there's always something new to discover. Welcome back, Northeast Wisconsin. We have missed you, and we are glad you have joined us for what is truly an exclusive here on Living in the New. We are at the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center in the heart of downtown Appleton. Justin and I were lucky enough to see the opening night of An American in Paris, and now we're lucky enough to be joined by a member of the cast and the man who makes the magic with the feet, the dance captain. I want to introduce you to Brian Gephardt, a member of the ensemble. Brian, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. And Christopher Howard, resident dance supervisor and dance captain. Christopher, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me too. Yeah, so glad to have you guys here. Brian, I want to start with you, a member of the ensemble. We'll get to the resume and all that stuff, but I want to start with what's really important. You've got Wisconsin roots. I do, yes. <laughs> some family right here in Northeast Wisconsin. Yeah, I have some family in Watoma. So what does it feel like to be coming back with a production of this scale and this prominence right back to where uh, the backyard of, of some family? Um, it's overwhelming, honestly. Um, such a beautiful show, as you mentioned, and we'll get into as well. Yep. Um, but it's so great to bring it back to family that I haven't seen in quite a bit. Yeah. And some family who will get to come see the show, I hope. Exactly. Yes. Oh, good. Glad to hear that. They'll get to check that out. So tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you study? How did you get involved in uh, musical theater? Yeah, um, my background, I grew up in North Carolina, um, Winston-Salem area, um, with a very heavy ballet background. I went to ballet conservatory and I started dancing in ballet companies after ballet school. And I've always loved singing and dancing as well and having a voice outside of just moving. Um, and then when this option came around with director and choreographer Christopher Wielden, who is such a ballet legend um, of today when he was doing a Broadway musical, I was like, yes, please, where do I sign up? So... <laughs> Um, that's how I kind of transitioned into musical theater. What inspired your original love for ballet? You've been doing it for such a long time. What got you interested in the first place? Um, I started when I was five, um, almost out of boredom. My friends were doing it. Okay. Um, and just the movement, I fell in love with it. It's a way of expressing yourself like no other. So I found it young, luckily, and been sticking with it since. Yeah, so. and loved it ever since. That's fortunate to find something you love so Very early and yeah. then uh, be able to continue on with that. Yeah. We'll get on to some of the other performances that you've done, but I want to get to Christopher Howard here, resident dance supervisor and dance captain. Talk a little bit about how someone becomes a dance captain or a dance supervisor in a theatrical production. Well, I was actually hired from the the outset of the show as the dance captain. Uh, the previous show I did, I just came off of three years of the Phantom of the Opera tour, and I was the assistant dance captain for that. So I've kind of worked my way up from being a swing to an assistant to now being the dance captain and now the dance supervisor of the show. Uh, so when they hired me, they knew I had the skill set not only to manage multiple roles at one time, but also to, to maintain and take care of the show itself. So uh, Phantom of the Opera, obviously a production many people are familiar with. Yes. I see you were also involved with Billy Elliot, a production Correct. that uh, I love that story. I love that movie. I love the production here. Also very heavily focused on dance. Yes. So that mm -hmm. fits right in. Yes. Yeah. And you were a performer in that production? I was. I was in the ensemble of Billy Elliot. Uh, that was kind of my first start into big Broadway touring shows. Uh, and then after that was finished, then I joined the Phantom of the Opera company and 
And now this on American in Paris. Yeah. So as a dance supervisor and dance captain, you are not regularly performing on the stage, right? That's correct. So what is it you are doing day to day when you're on tour? What is the dance captain? Are you sort of keeping people in line? Are you running rehearsals? What's going on? That's exactly what I do. I mean, I also am, I'm also hired as a swing. So I am in the show from time to time when the show needs me to be. If someone's out sick, if they're injured, if they're on vacation, then I can step in and play different roles. But as the dance captain, I often, uh, during performance, is we'll go out and watch the show so I can uh, notate, uh, find problems, fix problems, make sure all the choreography is clean and precise so it looks as good today as it did the first day, as it will hopefully by the end of the tour. And then also as the uh, dance supervisor now, I'm also a little more managerial. So instead of just running rehearsals, teaching new company members the show, I'm scheduling, I'm casting, I'm making more uh, managerial important decisions than just giving notes and, and teaching steps. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 32. Okay. So you've been involved in this pretty much your whole career? Uh, yes. Yeah. I've, I've worked professionally now for about six years touring. I'm almost on my seventh year uh, consistently. That's fantastic. So a sort of a quality control role that exactly. you've got with the production. Exactly. Yes. How is it um, living, traveling, working with all the performers, and then you kind of have to be the bad guy sometimes, critiquing and teaching? It's actually an interesting balance because I do, I you know, I have friends in this tour, um, so I'm, I'm performing on stage, I'm working with them, but I also have to do be that bad guy or be the boss sometimes and, and lay down the law and fix problems and give people notes and give corrections and such, while also still being like, hey, let's go out for a drink later because it's, <laughs> it's you know, I have to understand it's not personal. It's just my job that I have to do this, this, and this, and then we can be friends later and that's no problem. <laughs> yeah. So Brian, as a member of the cast, you're attending these rehearsals, you're receiving these uh, corrections, critiques, improvements. Yes. What's it like for someone uh, on the ensemble to be receiving that, to be on the tour and trying to maintain that high quality standard of a show like this? It's part of it. You know, it's, we are on the road doing eight shows a week. Um, I joined later on in the tour. I just had my 100th show a few weeks ago. Congratulations. And so after doing 100 shows over three months, you know that you kind of get in a habit and a routine and you're grateful for that set of eyes to be like, let's check this, make sure you're on the right number. I know you're feeling this moment, but in this moment, it's not a solo. It's an ensemble moment. Pull it back a little bit or you're looking a little bit tired. I know you are tired, but liven it up a little bit. And so you really respect what he says, you know, because it's not just making you look better, but the production look better. So it's great to have that. So uh, kind of a teamwork element here. You want to make sure you're contributing your best to the overall production. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So talk a little bit about some of the other productions you've been involved in, Brian, as an actor or, or in other ways. Yeah, when I first moved to New York a few years ago, um, I started dabbling in musical theater um, and dance shows. Um, so I was Mr. Mostafli's in Cats. Um, I did Larry in a Chorus Line, which, Chris, I think you did as I well have, on yeah. tour, <laughs> yeah. which is funny. Um, so mostly dancing roles, non-speaking dancing roles, <laughs> and dancing musicals. Um, in addition to um, when I'm in New York, I dance with the Metropolitan Opera in their productions. Um, and I still tour um, with certain ballet companies, and I'll do certain productions with them throughout the year. So in a career like that, where you're piecing together productions and touring and different roles and different opportunities, how do you manage all that? Do you have a manager who's managing your calendar? Is that all on you? 
it's all on me. Before I joined the tour, I identified myself as a freelance artist. So part of that is me managing my schedule, managing my tour, managing my flights, really a jack of all trades in order to make sure that I'm able to do what I love to do. Yeah. So many artists and creative professionals find them in that role. Where oh, not only are they managing their schedule, they've got to manage the finances mm-hmm. and get the taxes done and absolutely, all yeah. those things that go along with working, uh, but doing it on the road. Yeah. It's a lot of headache, but at the end, the reward of being able to do what you love to do and work that's meaningful for you in places that are great to be. It's totally worth it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more now about An American in Paris. Yes. Uh, this is a classic. Um, if you think you haven't heard of it, trust me, you've heard at least some <laughs> of the songs. And uh, as I was looking through the, the list I had a lot of songs that I was familiar with, but I'd never seen the production. I didn't realize they came from this show. Um, but composers like Gershwin, you know, the, they're kind of ubiquitous these days. Right. How does it feel to be a part of such a timeless production that is so familiar to so many? I think I mentioned it earlier, like it's overwhelming. The fact that it is so accessible to so many people, even though they haven't seen the movie or they haven't seen this production, it's part of our culture, if you will. Um, so it's very cool to be a part of this beautiful story that we're telling that people are quite familiar with, even if they don't realize that yeah. they are familiar with it. Yeah. That familiarity does have sort of upside and downside, right? Yeah. From the perspective of the dance supervisor and dance captain, Christopher, uh, are you trying to do something original and different with a production like this? Is there room for something like that? Or are you trying to deliver what people want to see and are expecting? Well, I think what, what Christopher Wielden, our director choreographer, what he's done is he's kind of I think he's reshaped the way we think of your traditional musical where I, I used to be like, you know, scenes and songs and dance numbers and that's it. And I think now what Christopher has done, as we had discussed earlier, is kind of used his dance as more of a storytelling medium and used his dancers and their bodies not only to just look good and add an extra element to the show, but to use them to actually further tell the story, to develop characters, to further the plot, to transition us from one place to the next to the next. So I think that's really uh, innovative for music theater. Yeah, I know most Broadway shows begin with the overture, right? The lights go down, the music rises, and you listen to samplings from all the different songs, and then the show starts. Right. This starts very differently. Yes. You have a character come out on stage and begin talking to you, and actually turns and says, and yes, it starts like this. Right. And then there's an entire song and dance number that I guess would be the equivalent of the overture. Sure. Yeah. But you are meeting characters. And Events and drama are playing out in that dance, in that number, that yes. by the time it's over, you'd if it was a book, you'd be two, three chapters into mm, the book. Right. And I've not seen that before. That is very original, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting that we use uh, that first number is the concerto in F, and we use that. It's almost little vignettes where it takes you from just the end of World War II in Paris, where this uh, you know the show starts, takes place, and um, it kind of brings you through exactly what has happened at the end of the war, from uh, tearing down Nazi flags to bread lines to collaborators to all these different stories of uh, soldiers leaving France, soldiers returning home from war. It's really fascinating. Kind of brings you uh, from a dance perspective. It's just the dance and the music that kind of gets you started with the story. Yeah, with so many stories that is told through dialogue, people yes. talking and saying, hey, look at the breadline. You saw all of this in a choreographed number. It was crystal clear what was happening. And with even just a bit of familiarity of history, you could sort of recognize signals and, and what was happening. And then you go in and you meet the characters and you start realizing the connections between the characters. And that's a big part of this story as well. What kind of reaction do you get as a member of the ensemble, Brian, when you're out and about or meeting people who've seen the show? What kind of reactions are you hearing from fans? One of the biggest responses that I get from people after the show, um, they're blown away by not only the dancing and 
the storytelling of it, but how the projections and the sets, which, as you saw last night, um, when we're not singing and dancing, we're pushing panels around. We are moving bars on and off, counters on and off, um, to help with the seamless otherworldliness, if you will, of the production on whole. So that's kind of the first thing, because a lot of my friends and family aren't dance goers. Um, <laughs> they're coming to support me. Um, and they love the show. And that's kind of the first thing that they're really blown away with. And then, yeah, the dancing. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm glad you brought up the sets. That was something else I wanted to talk about. Not just the way the pieces are used, but the video projection mapping yes. that happens. This is a highly technical skill that people become very practiced in, and you have used it to great effect in this in this piece, in this production, because you're creating settings and scenes with video. You're imagining what someone might be seeing in their mind with some video projected on the wall behind them. You know, There's always a struggle with a big black blank space of a stage to create rooms and and towns and I loved the way that boats were dangled in the background to create sort of a strange perspective on distance and all of that was a part of what made it for me my favorite and I think highest quality Broadway production I've seen here at the Fox City's Performing Arts Center and and I've seen a lot of them um, so I really feel lucky to have done that you both have been involved in other productions. Are there some of those sort of cutting edge or innovative things that maybe I didn't notice that you've seen from your work on the show? Maybe some of those things that are original or creative that might have slipped by someone who's more of a casual observer. Well, I think uh, with the projections, especially that we have in the show, I think they're so uh, unique in that they're not just blanket projections, like one thing on the back wall and that's it. I feel like sometimes that's a cop out for musicals these days where it's cheaper and easier and, and maybe more effective visually just throw something on the back wall and that's that's it. But these, as you said, are actually taking us through time and space and imagining what people might be seeing or taking us from one place to the next. And I think that's, again, like I said, with Christopher's work, it's really innovative and it's really unique for this show. Even something where the backdrop is projected, but the clouds are moving exactly. in that video, right? It really brings a dynamism and a liveliness to what could otherwise be very static. Yes. I find too, with uh, all the transitions in the show, taking us from one place to the next, and we use our dancers and use you know, what they're capable of to bring us from the riverside to the the galleries to you know here and there um but it's interesting because we don't just have them you know pick up a chair put it down walk off stage you're picking up the chair doing a pirouette jumping off the chair jumping around the chair putting it down rolling on the floor and then getting off the stage <laughs> but it's nice because I, th I think the actual the audience actually gets lost in that in a great way watching the dance and watching the choreography so then the next time they kind of click back in they say how did we get here? How did I get to the river? How did I get to, you know, this cafe? And that's, I think, the fascinating part about it. Yeah. Several moments where I thought to myself, oh my gosh, there's a lot going on here right yeah. now. And that's it. Is it's those transition moments yeah. where maybe there is a conversation happening uh, downstage, but upstage, there's all this movement and all the, the the furniture moving and the dance moves and people interacting in a way that you might find them interacting casually on a street. Exactly. Creating that feeling of, of a new scene or a new location. So one of the things we like to talk about is how lucky we are here in Northeast Wisconsin to be getting Broadway caliber shows and professionals of your uh, capability. But we're also curious what it's like for you guys to be on tour and then to experience communities like Northeast Wisconsin, like Appleton. Have you had a 
chance to get out much and see much of the city? I know it was just opening night last night. Um, have you seen much or have you heard anything about the Fox Valley uh, before coming here or since you've been here? Well, this is my third time here uh, performing here. So it's really great to to come back and be in this gorgeous theater and this, in this really great town. I find just as I travel the country in general, I'm always surprised with um, cities you don't think of as you know major cities, like something like New York, Boston, Chicago. These cities that aren't necessarily big, major metropolitan cities still have really great thriving arts communities. And I think that's so important in our country. And I think that's so important for us to bring, be able to bring our show here, you know, not just to stop in, make money and leave. I think it's great for us to bring, you know, that artistic community together and kind of see what they have to offer as well. And, and we'll, as, as dancers with this show, we'll go to um, local ballet studios, ballet companies, take classes, see what they have to offer, as well as checking out local museums and, and things like that, just to, to get a taste of what each city has artistically. Yeah. If you're spending life on the road, you got to take advantage of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about life on the road, Brian, here with, with some family yes. nearby. Are you going to take some time to go visit? Are they going to come and see you? Are you going to get a chance to enjoy it a little bit? Um, Monday is our travel day. So okay. after an eight show week, we have a day off slash travel day. Um, I might go out to Motoma on Monday um, to spend some time out there yeah. um, during the week because we have a show every night. I can't veer too off mm -hmm. um, away from Appleton. But I hear there's a Houdini museum. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I've been. It's really yes. great. Yeah, so I would highly recommend yeah, it as well. That yeah. is definitely going to happen this week. Um, and probably just eat some cheese curds, yeah. get some good beer. <laughs> You have come to the right place, my yes. friend. We are happy to have you here doing that. We're also joined by Trisha Witt, Marketing Director here at the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. Trisha, this is a brand name production. There is uh, more star power in this, both in the book and on the stage than, uh, than even your average show. Talk a little bit about the reaction to An American in Paris and how this fits in with the larger Broadway series here at the PAC. Yeah, the reaction has been amazing. The excitement and the noise in the lobby last night, people just so happy to be here for this amazing production. And the talking about the dance, like we talked about, and the sets were some of the biggest things. It's just this this has the most beautiful dance and the sets are incredible, right? So it's just such a fun thing to have you guys here. And the community, like you said, Christopher, is so welcoming of all of our shows that come in and so supportive here of our PA. It's really just so much fun to watch. And the reason we're able to bring shows like American in Paris here is because of this amazing community and of their wonderful support of the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. A packed house last night for opening night. Still chances to see it through Sunday. So don't miss it. Get down here to the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. See an American in Paris. If uh, you think you haven't heard it, trust me. There's a few of these songs you'll be tapping along and singing along to, I promise you. Uh, Brian Gephardt, a member of the ensemble cast with some family ties to Wisconsin. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Christopher Howard, resident dance supervisor and dance captain in the production. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. And Trisha Witt, as always, thanks for everything. You bet. Thank you. We want to see what you do in the new, so let's get social. Share your adventures using the hashtag living in the new. Hashtag.